Howdy, howdy, my friends, and welcome back to Keeping Up With The King, the daily run, run of the mills podcast. And we are in episode 97, and last time we stopped kind of in the middle of this calling of Matthew, the tax collector, and the Pharisees' response to uh, Jesus sitting and eating with tax collectors and sinners. And so... um. Well, let's, let's talk about this again. So let's start with uh, verse nine. We'll just bring you up to date. It says, as Jesus passed on, passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that people, or sorry, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? So we talked about this a little bit last time, but I think it's also important to understand that the Jewish mindset at the time, um, like Jews would never eat with a Gentile. Um, and some of it had to do with, um, I guess you'd even call it like the attitude of you are what you eat. You know, that um, if you sit down at the table and you're eating food, and someone else sits down with you and they're eating from that same food, there's there's a fellowship that goes on there that's beyond like me, hey, I'm eating this food, you're eating this food. It's we're eating this food and I'm eating what you're eating. So I am what you are kind of thing. Like we have this, we're, we're made of the same thing. Um, a very kind of symbolic idea. But uh, But they would not eat with with someone that they did not want to be, um, you know, associated with, uh, especially, especially Gentile people. Now we're not told that these are Gentile people, but these are people that were, uh, clearly seen as sinners, not, um, you know, and, uh, and tax collectors, those who were, you know, despised. And so the Pharisees, they see this, which I think is very interesting because, you know, what are they doing? Peeking in the windows or, or whatever. But, um, When they see it, they say, you know, why does why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, they said to his disciples, so I think this is rather interesting. They said this to his disciples. But when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. So his first point that he makes is, look, these people are people that are lost, you know, the, the lost and hurting, the sick, these are, you know, the sinner is the one who needs healing, you know, he's the one who needs forgiveness, you know, he's calling the, the lost and the hurting, not the, not the healthy, and so, you know, his point is, you know, the, the sick people need the physician, you know, he is the great physician, um, and so they need him, you know, the people who are well have no need of that, and now, which of us need that you know need him which of us are not spiritually sick you know the bible says that you know we're, we're born dead in our sins we all have this need and that's i think that's an interesting point that maybe the pharisees again are overlooking that that they are so self-righteous you know that they believe that they're in right standing with god which which to me is such an interesting thing because i have to wonder how many of them really thought that and how many of them knew in their hearts that they weren't, but that they were just putting on a really good show. Because I wonder that about Christians that I meet. 
because I, I, I noticed that in myself. I had a conversation with some kids this weekend and, and we were talking about, you know, you know, they were talking about like things that they struggle with, you know, in life in general. And I said something, you know, as well. And they're like, oh yeah, right. What do you struggle with? And I was like, man, the list is long, you know, but, but I guess I could put on a show for people, you know, put on a show that I've got it all together and that I've got, you know, that I'm doing things right, you know, and I don't ever, you know, think anything I shouldn't think or say anything I shouldn't say or do anything I shouldn't do, you know, but I know, you know, I live with me, I am present. Um, and so I wonder how many of them were so deceived to think that they were really, you know, that they were really good and that God was really impressed with them and how many of them knew in their hearts, like, I'm not really that good. I'm really good at show putting on a show. I'm really good at pretending. And I wonder that about how many people that, you know, that are in the church, because I hate to sound like I'm um, calloused or, or bitter because I don't believe that I am for people in the church or, or jaded. Um, but I've met many people that put on a church show. You know, they had this act that everybody thought they were great and everybody thought they were wonderful. But then I had some sort of experience with them behind closed doors or I, I was with them for an extended period of time where I got to see the real thing. And I always wonder like, do they, are they just behaving because you know, you're supposed to behave a certain way um, when you're in church or, or are they really trying to fool people? Are they really putting on a show? And I don't know, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but ultimately I have to ask myself, like, am I putting on a show? You know, am I, Am I concerned about what's really happening in my heart or am I just putting on a show? Because I, I don't want to be putting on a show, but I also think it's important that we, uh, we recognize our, our shortfallings and our desperate need uh, for a savior. All right, well, let's read this next verse because it goes with them. And uh, it says this, just, just went on. He said, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Jesus makes this interesting quote from Hosea 6. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And I think this is a direct, um, I don't want to say attack, but um, it, it's, it's going right to the heart of the issue of the religious leaders of the day, of the, the, the Pharisees and the, the scribes that were, that were, confronting him about this. And that is this, that they were very caught up and very, we'd probably even say proud of their religious observances of keeping all the sacrifices. And Jesus says this, I desire, you know, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And this was something I think the Jewish people missed at the time, at least the religious leaders seem to be according to what Jesus is saying here. And, and even during Hosea, where it's, where it was originally said, is that they got so caught up on the, on the religious practices that they forgot the meaning behind the practice. And this is something that can easily happen to us as well. We can forget the reason that we do the things that we do. We forget the meaning behind things like communion or baptism, and they can just become an empty work. So why wouldn't God desire sacrifice? He gave them all these sacrificial laws. 
Well, when you read the sacrificial laws, you'll find that the majority of them have to do with this creature dying in place of the guilty party, right? When we talk about like sin offerings, um, where this animal, you know, you place your hand on the forehead of the animal and then the animal is sacrificed and it's killed, not because God likes sacrifices. It's not because God says, you know, I really like it when people kill animals and sacrifice them to me. No, it's to cover their sin. You know, God would have much preferred, I, and I don't think this requires a great deal of speculation, but I think God would much prefer them not sin in the first place and not have to offer the sacrifice. The whole point of the sacrifice is for them to recognize the cost of their sin. That's because of sin, something has to die. There's a price. You know, you brought your best sheep. You didn't bring the old crummy one. You didn't bring the one that was the three-legged one that got attacked by a, a wolf. You brought the best one you had. You brought your, you know, your your best lamb, the future breeding stock. That's what you brought, the best, and it was a price. This came at a price to you. Your sin cost something. It didn't. It cost you something, your lamb. But it, you know, but there's a there's a bigger picture going on. And God's not. It was not like, hey, good, yay, sacrifices. Um, the sacrifices were there to temporarily cover the sin of people. You know, but the sin of man cannot be done away with the blood of sheep and goats, as the Book of Hebrews says. It's just a, it's just a temporary covering. Jesus came to wipe away that sin once and for all. So Jesus is, is reminding them, you know, God says, you know, God desires mercy and not sacrifice. They're hung up on the religious ritual and they've forgotten about love and mercy to the lost and hurting. Because it's really easy to forget about the lost and hurting when you despise them. It's really easy to forget about the lost and hurting when you see them as someone who hurts you or see them as your enemy rather than seeing them as God sees them. And so make that your, your desire and your goal today, you know, pray and say, God, show me to see people how you see people. Help me to see the hurt rather than the hurt they're causing. Help me to see the lost soul, that person that desperately needs you rather than the disgusting sinner. Anyway, we'll finish up on this more next time. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.